Well, welcome to a full after hours, a rare, rare after hours. This first hour is going to be fascinating because I've been talking to these young men who are storytellers, and one's a boxer, and one's got a boxing championship belt here, and they all brought here by my old friend Bill Hillman, who was a boxer, who was kind of a bad guy for a while, weren't you? That's true. <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> who wrote a couple of very, very good books, who got gored by uh, bulls. That's true also. That's, that's right. All right, Bill, who are these young men? So uh, we're, we're putting together this... Uh, this is also one of the great success stories in America. <laughs> Bill was a pretty rough kid who grew up in rough circumstances. He then became a championship Golden Gloves boxer. Then he got gored in Spain, and that was international news. Oh, yeah. Wrote a book about that. He married a woman from Spain and is still married to her, and somehow... In the miracle of modern education, he is now a professor at East West University. How did that happen, Bill? It's a crazy story. If you told my junior high school teachers that I'm a, I'm a doctor and, and I'm a professor, they would probably have a heart attack. Yeah, you probably want some of them to have a heart attack. <laughs> maybe, you? maybe. When did you come back? You came back and you got a job as a professor at uh, East West University. There are a number of people, me included, who don't know quite what East West University is. Describe it for them. So East West University is the most diverse school in America, the most diverse university in America. It's an amazing place. It was started in 1980 by Dr. Khan and Dr. Jane. They still run it to this day. Mm. Um, We've got students from pretty much every continent from more than 20 nations. And it's a it's a minority servicing university, so it's it, there's a lot of um you know black and Latino uh, Chicagoland natives. I also have to there. assume there are a lot of first generation college kids. Yeah, we specialize in first generation college kids. Where is it? It's right on Wabash. Um, it's it's eight eight twenty nine uh, Wabash South Wabash in the South Loop. Yeah. Right by Columbia College. Right. And it's a beautiful campus. They've built some really amazing buildings in there. Spectacular. I'm looking at the the students saying, yeah, is that true? Yeah, that's okay. true. <laughs> They're all saying, yes, you're going to hear from all of them or most of them on the show today. You came up with this notion called the Chicagoland Intercollegiate Story Slam, personal narrative speech, which takes place Wednesday at 2 right. at the university. You were and are a storyteller. Was it difficult to pitch this idea to the university because no, it, it, it's supposed to, it, it combines kids from all over the place right that's right that's right yeah we, we originally we did one just for east west students and uh shoaib of ahor won it mm-hmm. and he's going to be representing east west in the in the one on wednesday and then we branched out to um to all schools in the chicagoland area and we've got five different schools being represented so it's, it's growing um but you know i got the actually i got the job i think at east west in my job interview i told a story at my job interview, yeah. and I really uh, I, I caught their attention. I, I got them wrapped up in my story. It's actually a story about sparring with Andrew Galata, sure, sure, um, the, sure, uh, sure. the bronze medalist boxer from from Poland. Um, and uh, so they already were very interested in my storytelling. So it was an easy sell to to get the auditorium booked and, and start doing story slams. How do you find before we interview these uh, nice young men? You this is an era when ninety percent of kids communicate or seem to no offense young men uh by twitter which is and twitter is not a storytelling medium i think i think there's a greater need because of twitter and because of that kind of internet conversations 
I think there's a greater need for storytelling than ever. I agree. I agree. I think we're all stuck on our devices. We're not, we're not really uh, interacting with each other like we like we should. Yeah. And I think storytelling is a is is the greatest way to connect in a, with a live audience. When you introduced this at East West University, how did you do it? Did you just say, "Hey, anybody want to tell stories? Come to my class." You know what we did was I I pitched this as what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to have all the uh, speech classes all assign a story slam. So we had over 80, uh, 80 or 90 students um, all compete in class. And then the, the winners all went to the finals in the auditorium. Wow, that seems like a lot of people. Did it surprise you? Yeah, yeah, it worked great. It was really remarkable. You know, we had a ball in the classes. We had a lot of great stories that came through. Um, a lot of my fellow faculty, you know, were, uh, were um, you know, Dr. Polsky, um, and they were all, they all had story slams in their classes as well. It was a big group effort with the English and Communication Department. We all worked together to, to get these kids really excited about storytelling. What are the parameters of the story? They are not going to read stories, are they? No, they have to tell from memory. There's no notes. Um, it has to be a personal story, so you have to be the main character in the story, and it's got to be from your life. Wow. And what have you thought of these stories? I'm sure you're... You know, amazing stories. Um, you know, for example, J- the one that sticks out is, uh, is Jay, who's here today. We're going to talk to him later. Um, he has a story about, um, you know, going to his first experience at college where he, he sort of had... Tr- he, was, he was a scholarship basketball player. He lost his scholarship. He, he ended up having to leave school, got in a little bit of trouble. He ended up uh, having an identity crisis because he didn't know who he was without basketball. Wow. And he found himself. He got a second chance at East-West. And now he's, he's, a, he's an A student. He's one of my favorite students. And he's a star basketball player. He's putting over double-double every game. Does East-West have a basketball team? Yeah, they do. They have a really great basketball team. But why is it? We've been, I've known you for a long time. How is it that I don't know about this university? I'm kind of freaked out that I don't know about it. Well, it's sort of low profile, is it not? Yeah, it can be. I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, they, we're working on it. We're working on building the, the brand. We're working on getting some more attention on the school because we have had trouble getting attention so far. But we got a great team, and everyone's enthusiastic. We're going to change that dynamic and Where get it out. Where do you play there. basketball games? They play um they play only play away games at this point. We're trying to get a, a home court because you need a gym. Yeah, we have a gym, but we don't have uh, stands. We don't have yeah. When did you start teaching there? I started back in uh, in September, um, uh, last quarter. Um, this is my second quarter there, and I tell you, it, it's paradise. Uh, I'm surrounded by a bunch of kids from all over the world. You know, a bunch of bunch of kids that I really, I really, I see it myself in a lot of them. You know, I bet you, you do. You know, no, sure, sure. For example, Jay had a lot of trouble. I had a lot of trouble when I was a kid, so I can really connect to um to these kids and try to help them. And it's a joy to see them flourish in the school. So, can anybody can go? I'm assuming. Please tell me that's true. Uh, Wednesday at two o'clock. Yeah, everybody can come. You just gotta have an ID and check in with security at the front University desk. University at eight twenty nine South Wabash. And yeah. they will see how many people tell stories, how many storytellers. We narrowed it down to five. So we got five schools, five storytellers, and um, it's, it's going to be a great bunch of stories. The other parameter, one of the other parameters of the storytelling is there, these are five-minute stories, correct? Yes, we have a strict time limit of five minutes, and we'll, 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 we'll actually have to cut you off if you go over. Before we have one of these students come up and talk and tell me if Bill's a good teacher or not a good teacher, you're going to do that, right? You're going to be honest with me, right? And the listeners out there. The, when you hear – this is a, an interesting thing. When you hear a story, just as you might read a story, there is some editing involved. I mean, there is – and you're a storyteller. How do you 
it's not massaging the stories, but it's kind of shaping them like a sculpture or something, right? That's exactly it. Yeah. So it's I usually what I do is I get on the board with them. I draw a story arc out, and we figure out what the main crisis of the story is, and and then we build we build the story around that crisis. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's it's all about building up. You know, give this, give them as much as they need to know, but don't give them too much. You know, so it's about sort of figuring out. What fits five minutes, you know? So it's, it's, it's a lot of shrinking stuff down. Sure. And, um, and focusing in on building that story arc and getting a nice resolution. And sometimes with a good moral or something like that at the end. Well, this is a, because it is a story slam, there is some, it is a competition of sorts. That's right. What's the prize? So the prize There's a is... huge belt here. Where's that big <laughs> belt? There's a huge belt here that you, some of you can see on video. So we, we, we've, I've, we've had a custom belt made, a big metal belt. It looks like a WWE belt or a, or a boxing championship yeah. belt. It says Chicago Land Story Sam Champion 2024 on it. And then a friend of mine, a guy that you know, uh, Nick Hansen, I had him on the radio yeah, once, sure. the, the boxing promoter. He, he's, he's, come up, uh, he, he's put up $500 for the prize. Wow. I just turned and looked at the guys who were all going, whoa, whoa. Uh, we're going to take a little break here, and Bill, you're going to bring up, we're going to have try to have all of them on today on the radio and uh, and just talk about their lives and storytelling and what a good or bad professor Bill Hillman has become. Uh, he was a good boxer. We don't know if that translates. I don't know how many good boxers have become good professors. But you're listening to After Hours with me, Rick Hogan, in case you've forgotten. And uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes. It is an amazing thing for me to say these three words in a row, Professor Bill Hillman, uh, because if you know Bill's history, you say, what? He's a professor now? Uh, Bill is here with some young people, some of whom are students of his at East West University, some of whom are competing in the Chicagoland Intercollegiate Story Slam, personal narrative speech, which is Wednesday, 2 p.m. at the uh, school's auditorium, which is at 829 South Wabash. Bill, you're now the co-host of the show. Who is sitting there? Who's this well, nice young man we, sitting here? We were lucky to have uh, Jojo Awenonga. Yep, you got it right. In, in, in the station. He's, he's 16 years old. He's from Joliet. Um, and he is one of the most talented boxers I've ever come across in my life. Um, he's won 20 national championships as an amateur for the juniors you're 16 now right yes sir i'm 16 wow please don't call me sir call your professor sir you don't have to call me sir uh when did you start how did you how did you meet bill so i um i know his father me and his father trained at the windy city gym together his father joseph Um, sitting here filming the whole thing that's right and uh so you know and um you know, I, I was actually um, just in contact with Joseph. He was he became a trainer after his boxing career, and I, would, I was writing a lot about his fighters. He had some fighters fight for world titles, and I would go to the gym to his gym to see his fighters. And there was there was JoJo, little JoJo, five years old, six years old, saying, "One day I'm gonna be a boxing champion." Wow, you took to it right away. Mm-hmm. It wasn't your dad saying, "I want you to be a boxing champion." I mean, you you really took to it, right? Yeah, so starting out with boxing, when I was about like two to around five, whenever I was in the gym, my dad used to own his own uh, facility where he trained fighters and all that. So during that time, I never really wanted to be inside boxing too much. And then when I got to around the age of five, I went ahead, took the chance and said, let me try out the sport more. And then from there, from five to three, uh, five to eight, 
that's when I had my first fight at eight years old, and then I won fight of the night as well. So I just kept on going, and now I'm a 20-time national champion. <laughs> that's really astonishing to me. The great line in that whole thing is, well, when I was two, I really didn't take to it because you're barely walking. Mm-hmm. But you're a boxer. Wow. And so I don't want to say you're a protege of his, I'm thinking now, even at 16, when Bill was winning Golden Gloves uh, matches, uh, you would have beat him, right? Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> talk, to me, talk to me about school. One of the things that I, I learned, I wrote a lot about Golden Gloves in the last couple of years and about boxing. And one of the things that I learned about boxing is the training involved in boxing really, really leads to other parts of life because of not just the skills you learn, but the training and the the sort of self-esteem you get from being in the ring. Where do you go to school? What's your background? You didn't quit school when you were like nine and say, yeah, I'm going to be a boxer. Yeah, so a little bit about myself uh, from... I kind of stayed a normal life, just going through all of the schooling and all that with boxing, and then all the way to around the starting of middle school to where I started picking up more in my uh, school career. So I did high school, starting out with middle school at the same time, so I was able to complete my high school degree, uh, and then right was when this, I, Was this in Joliet, where yes, you're from? Yeah. Yeah, so at, at 13, <clears throat> I started out at JJC and then from there to around 16, 15 and 16 I then transferred to USF to where I'm trying to get my uh, masters in uh, marketing and nursing and then so the main reason boxing has helped out with being able to incorporate myself in school more it's it, my main goal has always been to become one of the best champions the world have, has ever seen and from there I wanted a way to kind of diversify myself away from others, and the best way to do that was to show that if I wanted to put my mind into becoming a college grad at the age of 16, I could do it. So a way to also bring more publicity to myself while actually making my dream come true. Well, wow, that's really an inspiring story, and you've been, you've done a lot of media before. I mean, your dad was yeah. showing me, you've been on the front of the Sun-Times, you've been on uh, WGN, you're going to be on CNN. How do you see your future now? You you're, you must be getting ready to enter the Golden Gloves, because you have to be a, a certain age, right? Yeah, so I'm currently going to be fighting in the Golden Gloves uh, coming up, I believe, it might be April 11th. That's when I'm going to be fighting for the finals in that. But when it comes to my boxing career, the, how boxing works is you're your own promoter, your own marketer. So if if I was another boxer and I had 20 national tournaments and nobody knew who I was, going into the professional scene, it might be much harder to really make a name for yourself. So the best way for me to go ahead and make sure I can make a living off the sport as well is to I publicize myself to the highest extent. So your aspirations now, you're a college graduate at 16, but your aspirations are now to become a boxing champion. You're 16 I don't know what weight class you are now, but that weight class is likely to go up in the next few years. What weight class are you now? So I'm currently at the weight class of 165 pounds. I'm uh, around the height that's of around... Bi- that's pretty big. Yeah, so I'm like 6'3 right now. Hopefully I could get to the height of like 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, but <clears throat> if I get around there, my weight will most likely increase. To what? 
Uh, you want to you want to fight as a heavyweight? Do you think? Uh, heavyweight to me, I don't like how heavyweights fight. So I don't know if I would like going into that scene too much. I like the more boxing aspect of it, but I would say there's. It depends how my body grows, so that's ultimately how it ends. And is your dad, who sits here and looks like he could still beat up uh, Bill Hillman, uh, uh, he's your coach? Yeah, so my dad is my coach, and he was also an ex-professional boxer. Hmm. So he used to fight under Don King, and uh, he was actually bought, uh, brought to this country from uh, his promoter, Don, Cring- uh, Don King. So he's had his full... Uh, Career. Career doing boxing, and now he's here helping me get to the next point. Well, he must be incredibly, and I'm just looking at you, must be incredibly proud of this young man, aren't you? He is nodding his head in the way that a boxer does nod his head. <laughs> Who are your boxing heroes beside your dad and Bill Hillman? My boxing heroes, it would mainly be the people that made the sport published. Uh, Ali? People like Ali, Floyd Mayweather, all those people that brought more eyes to the sport. That's I want to be someone that can emulate that same exact thing. So those are my heroes. So the next thing you're looking forward to is the the uh, tournament in April, right? The Golden Gloves tournament. Yes, the and Golden you're... Gloves. And then I'm also going to be going to the uh, California camp for the USA team. And then that will be from April 28th to May 12th. For the Olympics, you're not bound, likely to be in the Olympics this year. Yeah, so currently I'm on the youth team. So I'll be traveling to uh, Germany and all of those places later on in the year. Well, Jojo, I'm kind of overwhelmed. <laughs> I mean, you, <clears throat> you don't, you're not part of this whole storytelling scene, are you? Yeah, I will be participating in his story slam coming up, so hopefully I'm able to do well in there as well. What What is your story going to be about? You don't have to read it, but just uh, what my is story it about? Will- uh, mainly be about like me overcoming some of my go- uh, some of my obstacles sure. uh, that come with the boxing scene, and then also how in some of my fights, even though I've lost some of them later on down the line, I was able to overcome and win them as well. And it's it's it was a, br- a great help in showcasing that what I'm doing is actually the right thing. Wow! And how has he helped you? This yes, Bill. He's helped in Professor. Sorry, sorry, Professor Hillman. Yeah, so Professor has helped me out a lot in the case of even coming up with my story. He was there uh, giving ideas and using his creative mind to help out. So anybody, can anybody come into this competition, this storytelling? Yes, yes. We still we still have some spots open. If, if there anyone who's listening knows any college students in the Chicagoland area that want to compete, just send, tell them to email me at bill at eastwest.edu, and oh. I'll put you guys on. This is great. I can't wait to see you fight. Mm-hmm, thank you. And win. I mean, I don't want to see anybody <laughs> fight and lose, but uh, I can't. I can't wait for that. Uh, he's he's a, he's he's a genius boxer. I've seen many many Olympians and many world champions in my time, and JoJo has as much or more talent than any of them. Wow. Does that make you happy? Yeah, those words really, it hits my heart. <laughs> You're the most accomplished 16-year-old I can remember. I can remember meeting. So good luck in that, and good luck in the uh, good luck in the boxing career, too. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thank you for having me as well. No, it's not. Bill did it. I mean, I'd do anything for Bill, and I'm just amazed that he's Professor Bill Hillman, and I think that's a great, that's a triumph of sorts, too, you know. I mean, it's... it's uh, you guys, I think, and we, we'll talk to the others, you guys are all success stories of, on a certain kind of level. And I do mean that, that I ha- did learn throughout this whole boxing thing uh, 
that it is a an incredible kind of training. People may think, oh, well, you people hit each other. It's so much more. It's so much more than that, don't you think? Yeah, it wholeheartedly is. Yeah, you think so, too. It's our fault. You went through it. You went through it. Well, after the news at the bottom of the hour, Bill will introduce us to uh, some of the other storytellers, and I'm sure they have equally interesting stories. But, JoJo, uh, uh, you're something. I can't wait. I can't wait. Do all you other guys, do you know know him? No. No, no. Yeah, now you do. Yeah, okay. Now they know. Uh, now they know. We also have an airplane pilot in here. Who I say, hey, who do you fly for? He goes, well, I can't really fly yet because I, I'm certified to fly a commercial airline, but I'm not 26 years old yet. And I'm like, these are all like genius kids who are in here. So please stay tuned. We'll carry on, and Joe uh, Joe will go sit with his dad, and. Uh, We'll hear from some of the other uh, uh, Bill Hillman uh, protégés. Okay? Okay. Sounds great. And then after that, you'll hear from uh, the the one and only Tony Fitzpatrick and then Ronnie Marmo. Nice to be back on the air for a while. Welcome back. Professor Bill Hillman is sitting here with his next guest. This is like you have the show now. It's like his show. Uh, I'm Rick Hogan. The show's After Hours, and Bill is here with... uh, Gabriel Johnson. Gabriel, how are you? Uh, Jabril. 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 I can't even read. Uh, that's why Bill is taking over. You're six foot seven inches tall. Six eight. Yes, sir. Okay. I've got everything wrong, Bill. Talk about this guy, will you? So this is, this is Jay. We call him Jay around, around campus. Uh, he's uh, six foot eight. He's, he's, he's a star on the basketball team. Averages a double-double. He's, uh, he's a beast. I've, I just saw him play the other day. He reminds me of a young Charles Barkley. Wow. 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 And he's also got the personality of Charles Barkley, and he never stops talking in class. <laughs> you always hear Jay laughing, talking. All right, that's, that's very true. Uh, you know, it's always good to put people in good spirits and put smiles on people's faces each and every day. Because, uh, you know, we never know what a person's going through. So um, it's, it's good to see other people laugh and smile, you know, just to brighten up other people's day. You know, so I just try to take, uh, take advantage of the day and just make sure everybody just full of grace. No. You are because of your personality, which is shining right now. You are co- <laughs> you are co-hosting the Story Slam, which takes place Wednesday at two o'clock at the university at East West University at uh, the auditorium at eight twenty nine South Wabash. Uh, what does co-hosting involve? What does that mean? I know you're. I know because you told me off air that you're also uh, maybe going to read something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, co-hosting is just part of, you know, having charisma. Um, and I thank um, uh, Dr. Hillman because I didn't know I really had the charisma until I met Dr. Hillman myself. Um, he actually says a talent, and I just thought it was just me being myself. So um, he asked me to co-host with him on the Story Slam, and he thought I'd be, you know, a great co-host just based off my personality alone. I agreed to do it, and I think well, it's I great. agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that assessment, too. And I think it's a great opportunity for, you know, other storytellers just like myself to um, – not just tell the story just for like for their own health and for their own sake, but it's also to tell a story for like to send a message to other people. See, one of the great things, great stories uh, on any kind of level can be really inspiring. Your story is about failure at basketball early on, yes. right? Yes, yes. Give me a few details. You don't have to read the story. I was reading. Okay. You're not so, reading um, it, but... What's the gist of the story? Back in 2020, I started uh, my first college career at Kutztown University, which is in Kutztown, PA. Um, Yeah, it was just... Were you there on a scholarship? Yeah, I was there on a scholarship, and I I came in there with a chip on my shoulder. Like, I was here to 
take odds, like take no prisoners and ask names and questions later. Um, but yeah, everything just started to go downhill as the months and days goes on. And next, you know, I was off the team. Me and coach uh, mm. butted heads at the time. And next, you know, what I thought would be, you know, my chance to shine and my chance to fame was just a great disaster. Wow. And um, where are you from originally? I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Um, but I resigned in Pittsburgh, PA. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just I went through this this huge identity crisis after after I, I you know got kicked out of school and I lost my scholarship and all that because growing up all I knew was basketball. Like yeah, I sure, eat, like a and, lot of kids, like breathe, a lot of kids, and breathed basketball. Like you couldn't take me off the court, you couldn't you couldn't keep me out the gym. Um, so when that happened, it was just like. I wasn't Jabril the student. I wasn't Jabril the basketball player. I didn't know who you, Jabril you actually was. Were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was tough figuring that out. How did it's, you wind up at East West University? Um, Coach Posley. Uh, shout out Coach Posley. Um, um, without him, I think I'm, yeah, I can still call him to this day. He, I thank him every day for giving me this opportunity because I probably wouldn't know where I would be at if you didn't. Who's he? Is he the coach? He's the, the head school? coach at East West University. How did he find you? Um, so a funny story. He's um, sitting on his doorstep or something. I was I was working at my home health care job back at Pittsburgh, and I just get a call from out of nowhere. I didn't know who it was, and it was out of town number. I'm thinking, you know, it's a bill collector or something. I never. <laughs> so then the phone it rings again. I'm like, hello, who's this? And he said, uh, Yeah, this is uh, this is Coach Posley at East West University. I first said East West. At first, I thought it was a scam. Like, I don't know no East West University. Like, what college is this? And um. He just wanted to bring me on, and he just wanted to sharpen my skills. Like, he knew I had the talent. Um, he brought me on a visit to work out, and he's seen something in me that I didn't even see in myself. So I appreciate him for believing in me. And day by day, I just, just wanted to work and make a name for myself. Wow. Do you aspire to a, a professional career? I know, I know every kid, 6'8", in college, thinks they can be a pro. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a difference between just thinking about being a pro and actually doing pro things. Yeah. So, um, of course, I want to be a pro. Um, any any guy with a basketball dream wants to be a pro. So I just take that like with a grain of salt and just wanted to work at it every single day until I can become what I want to become and hopefully inspire others to never give up on your dream, no matter what God throws at you, whenever whenever what life throws at you. Wow, that's so really... there's there's a time where I was I was down on my back. I didn't know what I wanted to do with mm-hmm. basketball. I tried to find so many different avenues, but something just told me just to just find another way out. Of it. And God just kept faith in me, just kept me strong, kept my head high, and I was head on heels. And I was like, I got unfinished business to do. So that's what a I'm great now. attitude. How how does your school work? Oh, my school works great. Um, because of let, people like Doctor. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> shout out Doctor Hillman. Um, yeah. Doctor Hillman, give me an A no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'll make him earn it. He's earned. Yeah, him. He's yeah. earned two A's for me already. So. Um, yeah, but that's actually crazy. That's what really brought me here to the, uh, this radio show. Uh, actually, um, it started with an essay. Believe it or not, yeah, um, I believe it. I didn't. I didn't really tell my failure story until I met Doctor Hillman. I didn't really want to speak on that too much. Sure. So he just said, just like, what's some like that you wanted so bad that just you just let slip away, and that's what inspired me to tell the story. And he just read it. Mind you, it was like thirteen pages long. Yeah, it was a really long story. So he but doesn't just, doesn't telling the story kind of rid you of the guilt and rid you of the pressure of having the story to share it with people? I think is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, hey, well, we, it's difference between telling and actually going through it. So actually yeah, going yeah, through yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. it was traumatizing. Like I didn't know. <laughs> Sounds what, like it. Sure. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and then. When he just said, just just tell it, and I told it, and he liked it, and he just wanted to get my, he actually wanted to get my story published. That's the crazy part. So, that could happen. Um, 
That could happen. It's just a matter of time of like when and how, waiting for the right timing. So again, I appreciate Coach Posley and Dr. Hillman for you know keeping me head on heels and inspiring me to chase something greater, become greater, to find a better version of myself. Well, Jay, you certainly do have a personality. I can't wait to hear your story. <laughs> what is Mo on your on your chain? There? Oh, it's like more bucks, but it's like Mo bucks. A little, a little hood terminology, you know. What I'm saying? That's so. that's the, that's the NBA pro attitude. Uh, it's great to meet you. It's great to meet you. I can't oh, I appreciate you. And I've, now that we're buddies, I'll see more of you. We'll take a little break, and we got two more storytellers for Bill to interview and. Uh, Jay, where do you guys play? What what do, do you play in a? You got to be a Division three, yes. Actually, since we're an independent program, we play we play every single conference. So really, D one, D three, D two, NAIA, CCAC, all types of uh, collegiate conferences. So it's just a matter of time of just making a statement at this yeah. point and put East West on the map. Wow. So I think with the work that me and the team's going to put in and the faith I have in my team and the, my teammates have a faith in me, I think we could really do some great things. Fantastic. Stay tuned. We'll be back with uh, more incredibly interesting young people in a couple of minutes. Nice to be back, and nice to be back on the air with such a bang. Uh, talking to a doctor or professor, whatever you want to call him, Bill Hillman of East West University about the Chicagoland Intercollegiate Story Slam personal narrative speech. It takes place Wednesday, 2 p.m. at the uh, auditorium at 829 South Wabash. If you've been listening, you obviously want to go there. Uh, Bill, how can people get in touch with you? What's your email? So give me an email at uh, at bill at eastwest.edu. That's um, pretty easy, yeah. Yep. And there's still room for someone to come in and, and yes. try to compete against these guys. Okay, now this person sitting there with you is a, a relative, yes? That's right. This is my, this is my nephew, Ezekiel Collins. Um, you know he's uh, he's going to be competing. He's representing Lewis University. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you're the uh, the aforementioned airline pilot. You're a commercial airline pilot, but you can't get a job flying to you know Paris because you're not old enough yet. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> so I started my uh, my flight school training in like high school, and um, I uh, I got my private pilot license when I was eighteen, and then. It was right, uh, right at 2020, so COVID hits, and I'm like, okay, well, most of the colleges are closed. I got accepted into all the colleges I applied for, but I was just like, you know, I can just sit here and get all my pilot stuff done. And so I spent, like, the next six months getting my instrument license. Um, I got another license. I don't, can't remember that one off the top of my head, and then I got my commercial license. But now I'm just kind of sitting there, and I'm like, okay, well, now, now i got to wait until I'm 26. So I waited until after I got my commercial license and then went back to college and then did my study abroad in Japan. Okay, yeah, gee, that's your average like, college <laughs> thing. Yeah, I went to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> what drew you to flying? Um, actually, I didn't like flying the first time I did it. I did not like flying at all. <laughs> It was difficult, it was annoying, but I liked turning things on. <laughs> I'd sit there with like the, the flight sim software and with this um, software, it's not like how we have it nowadays where you can just like immediately start flying the plane. No, you had to start the plane yourself and they didn't give you a manual. And so you had to sit there and figure out what buttons you had to click to make the plane turn on. And so after like two or three hours of finally like messing with this one plane, I finally got it to work and I was like, you know what? 
Maybe I'll try this. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that's what you, I mean, in, in a year or two or three or four, how many years before you can, can go, uh, you know, get in a jet at O'Hare? Uh, a jet at O'Hare. I, you know, I don't even know if I want to, like, go into the airline port because I fell in love with, like, the, the general aviation side of everything. Yeah. Where the smaller planes and all that stuff, like, you hear the stories of, like, uh, the stunt pilots in the 50s, just some random guys being like, you know what, I want to land here. And right. they're going, like, landed in, like, some street in Chicago. My grandfather, um, he did something with, like, the, the air cadets, and he landed on that, uh, that strip over there in Navy Pier for, um, like, a, basically the Boy Scouts version of... Uh, I guess aviation. Wow. Where do you, now are you going to be part of the story thing on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to be talking about my uh, study abroad experience um, because uh, I got back from Japan and everybody's like, oh, how was Japan? And you have like all these stories that you want to tell. And you're like, Japan was great. And then that's all they want to hear. They just want to hear it was great. <laughs> was it great? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going back. I'm trying to find a job in aviation there right now. Uh, I'm hoping uh, to get into airport management there. Ah, amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, he spoke at your wedding. Didn't you know? That's right, yeah. So, Zeke, so, I, you know, kids grow up on you quickly, you know, and you never know, you know, what they're going to end up as, as adults. And now he's a young adult. And, uh, you know, he, he came to my wedding in Spain. And uh, my uh, my my dad sort of said, we were getting ready, we were doing some speeches and stuff. And my dad's on, on the fly told, told Zeke, Zeke, do a speech. And it was one of the greatest speeches I've ever heard. I actually cried. He actually brought me to tears. It was so beautiful. And um, I was blown away. And so when, when we started the story time, I said, oh, Zeke's got to do it. He's a student, and, he, and he's, he's an incredible speaker. So here we are. Well, you're not doing for the storytelling thing this thing about your <laughs> uncle and his wedding, are you? <laughs> oh, man. No, it's, you're doing Japan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am doing Japan. But I could, I could totally do the wedding because... <laughs> The wedding probably I was I was living in a bubble for most of my life. I I was a kid. All I really cared about was my grades, um, my career, and then um, I got the opportunity to go to Spain and I started talking to people from a different culture. And I was like, this it opens up your world like yeah, you would not believe. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was just like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe I maybe I like talking to people. <laughs> so that really that this wedding speech kind of sparked that whole thing. Huh? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Bill, you know too many people. You know too many talented. You know too many talented young people. Where do you live now? Um, I live out in uh, in Brookfield. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's where Bill lives, too. <laughs> yep. Uh, you excited about this this uh, this intercollegiate story slam? Yeah. Have you, I, ever, have you ever participated in a story slam before? No, but I love to talk now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you have some of your competitors are here. Uh, yeah, I think this is... Uh, just fantastic. Zico, it's, it's uh, wonderful to meet you. I look forward to watching your career, too. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Bill, you can be a proud uncle, can't you? Oh, I'm, I'm really proud of Zico. He, he's, he's become my favorite, my favorite nephew. Sorry, everybody else. Uh, Zico Collins has become my favorite nephew um, very rapidly, and uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been an amazing thing to watch him grow up. Thank you. I, I definitely appreciate that very much. <laughs> we have one more. One more storyteller to interview. He has a heart on his the sweater. What's the meaning of that? Wait, not even here yet. First, hold on. Bill, introduce this young man. So this is Shoaib Vahora. He is our reigning Story Slam champion at East West University. 
How many of these have you had before? How many storage lines? Just one. Okay. Just one. Was and it last year or when was it? It um it, no it was, yeah it was like, technically last year it was last quarter it was about it was about three months ago. Okay. And uh, and so I uh, stole the show with a story about you know challenging you know gender identity um, in in India where he's from and 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 throughout his culture um, you know his pronouns are they we gotta, I should be careful I know I've already mispronounced him already and I apologize for that I'm working on it. I mispronounced them already. That's the correct way. Right. Um, and uh, just an amazing, an amazing storyteller, speaker, great spirit. At, and he's a great example of East West University because he's from another culture. He, they are from another culture. And uh, and just a, an incredible storyteller. Uh, hi, Chicago. Hi. So I would love to say that my name is Shoaib, but you can call me Sho. Okay. And thank you for Dr. Dill, but my pronouns will be always he and him. But I always say you can fit me into whatever you feel like. Okay. Just because it's really hard to make everyone understand the whole concept of that. Agreed. And, and I've tried really well, hard it's getting, enough. it's getting easier. I mean, it is. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah, it's, easy, yeah, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. People and, a certain uh, major, like, huh? Agree. Yeah. I've tried hard enough in my life, like, you know, to fit into things. So it's really easy for me to fit into any stereotype which you're holding right now. Talk to me about the first time you either met Bill or when you met Bill and he told you about this storytelling slam and what you thought. Oh, so when Dr. Bill came up with the announcement of the uh, the story slam, I was pretty much excited. But uh, she's a very good guiding light for the whole university, I must say. And uh, right now, I think he's putting under a lot of spotlight over on the university because they are trying to make a better environment for all the cultures around from the world. They're trying to make everyone feel inclusive and like very much like like a family part of it. And Dr. Bill, when he announced this, we had a lot of audience of 80 people there were 80 participants in the whole competition so i think it was very hard for him to as well to narrow down the 10 finalists i guess i'm sure very hard like 80 participants are a huge announcement let me ask you how did you find east west university tell me where'd you go to high school and how did you find east west university so i'm i'm an international student from india and when i was trying to apply for my visa and all so my priority was chicago because i have family here so when i come to Chicago, the very first come up to my mind is, so nobody knows this fact, but East-West University is one of the universities which comes under the list of 10 universities in whole America, which gives a very much scholarship and a good reasonable tuition fees. Like like on the top, top 10 list. It's a huge fact. Nobody knows that. And uh, when I was not aware of the environment and the campus, but when I entered in, I felt this is really great why these people are not aware of this. It's yeah. a really good campus, good professors, good management. I think this should be promoted on a like a larger scale. Well, and also and also a good a good kind of neighborhood to be in. Pretty too, good. To be, <laughs> to be in downtown Chicago is yeah. uh, there's nothing. Wow, all the lights just went on. Here. That's, <laughs> that's okay. I thought, my God, God is visiting us. Uh, and when do, you've been there for a year or two years? It's been one one year and a quarter. So, like, four quarters till date, yeah. It obviously sounds, just from this uh, short little interview, it sounds like it's been very rewarding and and good for you, yeah? Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good, pretty good. What are you majoring in? Um, My major is biological sciences. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) 
So what are you doing with uh, Dr. Bill? What is he? Is it- oh, my passion. I think you said like Dr. Bill like, has been a boxer, right? So he's teaching me how to fight with my life. So I think that's the tagline, I guess. That's what I'm, he's being very helpful to put my words into a vision. That's why I'm with him. That's fantastic. I'm assuming, Bill, uh, uh, that there is no dormitory. Is there a dormitory for There are what? dorms, yeah. There, there are dorms. Yeah, there are dorms too. Do you live in the dorms? <laughs> no, I live off campus, but I have family here, so yeah, it's so pretty much mean. accessible to live with family, I guess. Otherwise, I would love to be in the dorms. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a good environment. Yeah. Well, you know, they, you know, a couple blocks from Grant Park, too. I mean, exactly. It's a great location. Yeah. It really uh, is. Bill, talk to me about your students. I mean, you, you meet this young man, and... Uh, do you feel, I know you don't feel the need to inspire, but I think there's something innate in you that inspires people. Do you get that, or, or, or am I making too much of this, or that is, does that embarrass you? No, you know, I, actually, I'm inspired by them. I mean, they, they're, yeah. they're the magic. I mean, I'm just here just kind of enjoying them and trying to push them in, in, in a positive direction, whatever they've got, you know. And I was talking with Show uh, the other day about his story. We were working on it, and his life is a Netflix show. <laughs> it's a Netflix series. I mean, he, he just comes up with these lines. He, he, has, he, has like a, he has a really photographic memory, a great memory. He remembers everything that people say. And really? Wow. He wow. gets into these situations, and he, he just pulls these lines. I'm like, like what's the line about your, your relative said? Uh, it's been really funny. I don't know if I'm supposed to say on life, but uh, it's been an exposure for the, this culture to me, like, you know, the open culture for of America to me. It's been one and a half years. And uh, so I have like, a very fashionist thing. Like, I wear long coats, I wear high boots, I wear glasses. And like, uh, so one of my very close relatives come up to me and said, uh, you have lost your roots. And... <laughs> And uh, in my head, I was very much confident. I was like, go back where you came from. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, I can't wait. I mean, I would love to. Do you record these things, Bill? Do you film these stories? We're working on it. Yeah, we're trying to get it recorded, and we, we got we got a, a tech people that are coming in, so we're hopefully gonna have a nice recording of it. Wow, uh, it is again. Uh, it's Dr. Bill Hillman, the assistant professor at East West University. You have heard some of the people who were participating in this Chicagoland intercollegiate story slam. The personal narrative speech. Are there other slams that you have? Yeah, we're going to be doing another slam next quarter. Um, it's okay. going to be during Intercultural Day, so we're going to have stories from culture. We might have show again um, for that one, possibly. Again. You could do for it again. Sure, for sure, Potentially. Yeah. And then we're going to have one every year. So every year we're going to, we're going to go from – our first step right now is the intercollegiate Chicagoland. And what we want to do by next year is have a national college story slam at East West University where we invite schools from all over the country. Wow. What was the reception for the first one? I'm sure it, it was huge. very positive. <laughs> yeah, we had about 200 people in the auditorium. Uh, it was a riot. They, there's, they were, no, there's no charge to get in. No, no charge. No charge. And it's open to everyone. And they get that incredible belt unless someone's stolen the belt. Where's the belt? Oh. Oh, that's mine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's already got that's one right. belt. You've got belt. I got already. one, but that's also mine. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. I cannot thank all of you enough for coming in here and being so... <laughs> Articulate and wonderful on the uh, on the radio, including Charles Barkley Jr. over here. <laughs> uh, and Bill, I'm proud. Of, it's not my place to be proud of you, but you've had some life, and this is a this is a real triumph for you. 
Thank you so much. I am not going to call you doctor. I will will always (laughs) refer to you as Bill. And the rest of you, good luck at this uh, thing Wednesday, 2 o'clock, 829 South Wabash. Uh, All of you get home safely. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Thank you so much. Thank you.